Bunnell with the January 6th Insurrection Podcast. Let's jump right into it. I don't know if you can tell, but I struggle with what to say at the very beginning of every pod. And um, I'm trying out different things, so bear with me. Um, I'm just thankful that you're listening. Um, It is um, October 4th, and I don't even know what day it is. I know it's Tuesday, I just don't know the number. Um, But as usual, there has been so much going on that it's difficult to grasp. And I've been so focused on the ex-president twice impeached, um, Donald J. Trump, that I I knew that the Oath Keepers were um, on trial. I just didn't realize that it had started already. But I've been talking about Stuart Rhodes for some time. I'm going to put out the latest hits of Stuart Rhodes. But he's the one-eyed, patched guy. Um, He has a patch on his eye, and he's a Yale graduate. And he's trying to um, portray himself as as some sort of wounded um, uh, military veteran, of which he isn't. And he shot himself with his own gun. So that's why that idiot wears a patch. But I've talked about that before. You know, it's like, it's a look. You know, it's a it's a, um, a false narrative like the big lie. Because that's what, really what the Oath Keepers are. They, are. they are a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. And they dress up in paramilitary gear because they're playing pretend. You know, it's like... When you were a child and you dressed up as a, um, you know, like a cowboy or a fireman or something. This is what they're doing. And the the ones that are military veterans are, um, they've been scorned in some way. Who knows? You know, they probably have a dishonorable discharge. I'm sure they didn't have a good experience. And that's why they're trying to overthrow their government. But anyway, back to the uh, idiot Stuart Rhodes. You know... I was talking about Stuart Rhodes months ago because he was a Yale graduate, law school Yale graduate. And there are a lot of these insurrectionists and traitors that are coming out of Yale, uh, not to mention um, Josh Hawley. And there are quite a few. I don't have the list in front of me, but Stuart Rhodes is another one of them. And I'm just, I don't understand why people even bother um, trying to dissect his intention and everything that he was doing, all the communication beforehand. He's not like he just woke up one day and decided to um, storm the Capitol. And the only reason he wasn't there is because he got stopped the day before uh, vandalizing some other location. And that's why he wasn't there. But he's using it as an excuse to say that, well, I wasn't there, so therefore I'm not guilty. Uh, but he was the ringleader of the whole thing, right? He was the um, the main person on that email chain sending it out to all of his followers. And even his ex-wife said he was a loser. So, you know, Stuart Rhodes, that's why I don't really pay that much attention to him because he's being charged for seditious conspiracy and he's going to go to jail. That's that's the end of that. And I hope the judge that... Um, and even if he doesn't go to jail, you know, his life is pretty much over in the world of mainstream. You know, he'll live in the in the 
and the Bannon um, and the True Social. There I go, saying saying it again. Last time, you know that world, which is perfectly fine. You know, I live in a world similar to that. I, you know, I'm not out there um, tooting my horn everywhere because that's not my goal. I'm trying to just make a record of what is happening with a little um, political satire. But um, getting back to Stuart Rhodes, you know, like I said, they're morons and traitors. And their attorneys want us to believe that they were there for, you know, like some sort of backup plan uh, in case Dum Dum um, cited the Insurrection Act so that the militia that's what they think they are, can come in and save the day. When, in fact, they created the very scenario that a militia would need to be used. Um, so, you know, getting back to the multi-prong um, strategy to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power, it wasn't just Stuart Rose and his gang, right? It was the 40 senators and representatives that were trying to subvert the Constitution and pass off fake electors and 11,000 votes and John Eastman and Jenny Thomas. You know, this is a coordinated um, effort. And getting back to Mitch McConnell, just coming out the other day, I believe he was on Axios, and he was saying that he would still support Donald Trump as the nominee, as the GOP candidate. That has to stop. And when you say leaders, these leaders that are in the GOP that are currently in um, the federal government need to be removed. And that's when I say Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. They need to go. They don't, they don't understand the rules of the game. And the game isn't to destroy the game. <laughs> That's the problem. They don't know how to play the game. Okay, so let's get back to the defense lawyer, Philip Linder, said his client meant no harm to the Capitol and that the group sees itself as a peacekeeping force. The defense said the government was selectively presenting evidence to alarm and anger jurors. Okay, so that's Stuart Rhodes and the Oath Keeper's attorney, the defendant. And they're a bunch of fucking ambulance-chasing scumbags, and they're going to come up with all kinds of lies because that's what criminals do, right? So the evidence is right there. I mean, it's in video, it's in emails, it's in hidden emails, it's in hidden text. I mean, it's just, it's all there. But once again, this is part of the big lie is to make you think you're not seeing and hearing what it is that you're seeing and hearing. And it's quite brilliant. And it's working on, you know, 30% of the population, which I always said it's pretty um, alarming. Okay, so Nestler, who's the attorney, defendant, on Monday described Rhodes as a general overlooking a battlefield. Oh, no, that's the plaintiff. That's the U.S. government's attorney. He said he remained outside the Capitol surveying and communicating while his troops stormed inside. Well, yeah, I mean, you can say he's like a general, but he really is just a hall monitor, and that's what he is. But, um, oh, that is right. Okay, so once again, Stuart Rhodes and the Oath Keepers, 
they are an alternate re- they are in an alternate reality that has been created by you know who dum dum and the problem is they can't decipher um wh- our position we can't decipher what it is that they're saying because it's so nonsensical that it's almost you know i have trouble talking about it because it's so um you know ufo category like it's just so bizarre that you when you first hear it you have to kind of digest it and try to understand it um so once again the january 6th attorney said nestler said if congress could not meet it could not declare the winner of the election and that was their goal to stop by any means necessary the lawful transfer of power including taking up arms against the united states government that's what the attorney said okay so getting back to stopping the peaceful transfer of power you know they had ammunition they had um weapons all stored in Virginia and the only reason that that there was a monkey wrench thrown into is because Stuart Rhodes was arrested the night before and I'm sure that communication broke down because they knew about this way before so they were going to kind of um you know interrupt it because you could tell it was kind of I mean they're just a bunch of idiots so it was like you know, uh, a bunch of idiots storming the castle. I mean, it's just it's not going to work. And, okay, so one of the things that I thought was interesting when they were talking about the Insurrection Act is that they were waiting for Trump to um, enact it. You know, there's a, there's a law, you know, it's called the Insurrection Act, and it has to be um, put forth. Of course, the Senate has to agree to it. So my question is, why didn't Trump um, enact the Insurrection Act? Why didn't he pass it or try to pass it? And I think that's a question that can be brought um, to the senators who he had in his um, back pocket, right? Who and what group of people wanted the Insurrection Act to uh, be put into place so that the military can then come in and they can take over our voting machines and there's my favorite helicopter as usual um i don't know why they fly over me but they do and so that's one um outstanding question uh about why didn't the insurrection act happen because he was doing everything in his power to um try to stop um the peaceful transfer of power right everything okay so one of the new books that's out, um, some author, I don't know what her name is, but she came out with a book, I think it's called The Divider, and she was saying that in the interview, and they even have audio of it, when Trump said that, you know, she asked him, what did you take with you when, well, first she asked, how did you find out about the um, riot the insurrection on the Capitol. And then she changed her tune in mid-sentence and then, you know, softballed him with, um, did, what, did you, what did you take with you when you left the White House, right? When Dum Dum left the White House. He took all our information with him down to Mauro Lardo. And her question was, you know, what'd you take? So, you know, Dum Dum said, 
and the one thing that I thought was extremely important, he said, I had nothing of urgency of what I took. So he says, Trump says in the Haberman interview, that's her name. Trump says, I had nothing of urgency. I had great things, though. Okay, now let's talk about that. Now, do you think that if Hillary Clinton was to have said that when she left government and she you know, had whatever, you think the GOP, the Republican Party, and all those fucking assholes that were in charge at that time would have swallowed that? So these traitors, they... This is their their tactic, and this is their strategy, is to completely destroy the reputation and the experience and everything that some um, lifers, politicians, devote their lives to government, as opposed to um, game show hosts that do it because he wants to be famous. That's the difference, and that's the fucking problem. So... Why did he say, I had nothing of urgency, when in fact he and he did have shit that was of urgency? So this is the way he, he double speaks. So he knew he had shit that was important, but he said it, oh, I had nothing of urgency. I had great things, though. You're, you have great things because you took great things from the United States federal government, you fucking thief. Okay, so she moved, she went out, and then he, she said, what were you, how did you find out, of, okay, how did you find out that the Capitol was being attacked? And he basically lied. He said he was watching TV that day, and he was, of course, in meetings with Mark Meadows, right? So during the attack, um, he was supposedly in meetings, he wasn't watching TV, but all accounts from everyone that was in the White House that day said that he was watching TV and he was cheering it on with glee. So, once again, liar, liar, pants on fire. Okay, and then I don't understand why he would lie about something like that when, in fact, everyone knows what he was doing. And what he wasn't doing was protecting the Capitol and the peaceful transfer of power. He was inciting an insurrection so that he can stay in power. And we're all kind of um, dancing around the kind of the truth that is either going to make or break the next century. And we have, now we have the Supreme Court that is questionable because they, they put three um, GOP judges that are now stripping everything down because they wanted to reflect the GOP. And that gets me into why are these people, the MAGA people, the people who are diehards, you know, they're, they're, um, right or die, you know, it's like Trump is God and, and they're really are the religious zealots that the, the, their church and their religion and all those people, they've always been the thorn in the side and they're the biggest hypocrites because they're the ones that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we believe in Jesus. They're the first ones to slam the door in your face and call you a bigot, right? Um, and that's really what they are. That, that is, and that's why we have separation of church and state is because of this, is because these 
religious zealots are allowed to spew this nonsense in the halls of their churches and then these nuts come out of these buildings and they have no life they have no prospects they have nothing except a lie and that really is the problem is because the the, and the the people that are are concerned that the ex-president twice impeached is out there saying that Mitch McConnell has a death wish, they know that that percentage of religious zealots, they're quite possibly deranged enough to go through with it. So I'm going to end with um, someone who is uh, again in the news, uh, the governor of Florida, Scott Perry. The freak that looks like he crawled out from under um, the ground. Um, he was giving a um, a report about what's going on in Florida. You know, they kind of nailed him to the wall. He wouldn't say that what Trump has done to his leader, Mitch McConnell, in the Senate. Um, why didn't you know? What can you? Um, comment on what Trump said about Mitch McConnell. And like clockwork, he couldn't even condemn it. And that's the problem, is because you have people who are supposed to be leaders, and they can't even say the truth. Our country can't operate like that. It doesn't work that way. And that's because the Republican Party has completely distorted what their responsibilities are for the sake of uh, principle, power over principle. That's the problem. These people are being paid by super PACs and special interests to destroy the very fabric, and you're watching it unfold. Then you have a president right now, Joe Biden, who's doing everything in his power to keep this country from folding, and everyone is, um, they don't understand why. Well, he's so bad. He's so old, and this and that. And I don't understand that. But he was wearing a a navy hat and i was shocked because i'm like why does he have a navy hat on um he's not he wasn't in the navy he was in the army he wasn't even in the army he was in he went to some army academy or something like that but um i want him to take that hat off because the other hat that he wears is the uh Make America Great Again hat. So I want him to wear that hat. I don't want him to wear the Navy hat. You have nothing to do with the Navy. So do not wear it. Just like I don't wear um, a, uh, a Budweiser hat, because I don't drink Budweiser, nor do I support MAGA or Make America Great Again, um, your cause. So don't wear it. I don't even wear a Navy hat. And I was in the Navy. So you need to stop wearing that hat, asshole, because what you're doing is you're getting people to think that in some way you're associated with the Navy, when in fact you're not. You're the governor, which makes you a governor, and a bad one at that. You know, you put your tail between your legs because now you need money um, to bail all your uh, constituents out. And, and I don't understand that, that strategy. But I do understand why you're wearing that Navy hat. And I'm I'm going to call your office and I'm going to tell you to stop wearing it. Because you have no association with them whatsoever. Well, anyway, 
There I go, sounding like a madman again. I know I didn't say bye last time. I'm sorry. But um, I, I believe the next hearing is going to be the 13th. I think that's what they said, October 13th. So that's next week. And, I mean, there's so much else going on. And they're not really talking about... Um, the Oath Keepers trial. I mean, and that's the seditious conspiracy. And I know I should be talking more about that, but I really don't want to even give those people airtime because they're just pathetic. I mean, I'll talk about them for a little while, but I'm going to play my old um, my old hits because I talked about Stuart Rhodes when they arrested him the first time back at the beginning of the year. So that douchebag has been um, in trouble for some time. And it's not like he just, you know, woke up and decided this. This asshole has been um, working on this for quite some time. And he just happened to hitch his wagon to um, the trickster Roger Stone, who's um, a fucking clown. And Roger Stone is in Donald Trump's pocket. And they were talking about Julian Assange and about Hillary Clinton's emails. And they were all in on it. They were all in on it from the very beginning. And why do you think Trump asked for those emails? Because Roger Stone probably was in communication to get them or already had them at that time. Because, and the reason that this all stinks is because it does. Um, and that's the sad part. But anyway, you guys have a wonderful day, and uh, let's chat later. Bye-bye.